daddy's gone and so the boys will play whoa i don't like that actually. daddy's got daddy's daddy's gone so the boys will play today uh is the theme of this episode um russ isn't here to tell us like you got you guys got it no you guys are getting off topic deborah and deborah. so the and so the three of us can we can just say like whatever shit we want to talk about like i know you guys hate games and want to only talk about books and movies Mm-hmm. Um, huh. So, like, if you guys want to do that, like, I promise I won't tattle to Daddy. Or do, do you not like do you not want to do that idea? Mm, you talking about like the good book? Yeah, like if you guys wanted to share some of your favorite Bible stories, and then, um, but like maybe for the first couple minutes we talk about games, but but and then like as soon as we know Russ isn't listening anymore. Um, we we can do our favorite segment, which is Bible chat. Um, oh, thank yeah. goodness! <laughs> so, like, the, I'll do here. Hey, welcome to Bessie's. Halo's back, and this time they have this time you can hold three guns at the same time. Master Chief and his best friend Cortana have killed all of the aliens, and and so and this time they are just settling down, and they have a nice house. And we're going to talk about more of that after the break. So, and then we come back and we're like, so one time Master Chief was walking past a fig tree. Yeah. That fig tree was not bearing figs. Well, you've got to twist it up a little. I don't know that we necessarily have to tell Mario Halo. was a wee little man and he hid in a tree so you could see the Lord Jesus when he came okay. down. Yeah. And he was a tax collector. And so, I meant to say. Yeah. So Tomb Raider saw a bush and was like, I'm going to light this bush on fire. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. That works too. That's pretty good. Okay, cool. I miss. I want to say something to you guys now. I miss. I'm. I miss Russ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My name is Justin McRoy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I know the best game of the time. (laughs) My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. I'm a new Russ. Welcome to the show. Yeah, new Russ. (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to the new Russ experience. (laughs) Um, This is the Besties. It's a video game club, and uh, just by listening, you, my friend, are a member. Uh, Every week we talk about some new uh, electronic confection. And uh, this week we're talking about uh, the Persona franchise writ large, specifically uh, pegged to uh, Persona 5 Royale. Or it's Royal. A, it's the, nope, you got it. It's a battle royale. Uh, and uh, you're a so bunch of teens. Fun. Can you imagine if they just <laughs> chucked all of the characters into one battle royale? I mean, um, they did do a fighting game. Yeah, I mean, they've they've definitely strikers, done a spinoff, uh, um, one or two of them. We're going to talk about that. What's Persona 5 Royal, then? Oh, do you want me to answer that? Persona 5 Royal is a Japanese RPG. At this point, I feel like you could just call it RPG, right? The distinction's yeah. so weird. Um, and it's about a bunch of teenagers who are fighting the very idea of bad adults and all the terrible shit they do and they're doing it inside of tokyo and there are demons and hey we're gonna talk a lot more about it after the break y'all you already know how much i love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track 
especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Are there people who don't know about Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal at this point? Because that game, the original, I think, came out in like 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's been out for a little bit. And then Royal dropped two years ago, and now is coming out on Switch and PC, I believe actually next week when you're listening to this. I think there's probably a lot. I think people have heard the name, right? Right. But the weird thing about this series is it's been effectively PlayStation exclusive up until this point. Right. You know? Like, which is weird, because the game... It has the kind of ubiquity of a multi-platform game. It, I don't. It doesn't feel like it should be a like. Oh, this is a Sony exclusive. So there are a ton of people who just now are playing a Persona game for the very first time. If you know, they only have a Switch or an Xbox or you know, PC had Persona Four. Yeah, Steam. Like, it came out on Persona Four Golden. Came out on Steam. I want to say either last year or the year before. And now I think in January. Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable are going to be on Switch also. And I think Persona 3 is coming out on PC. And then they're all coming to PS5 and Xbox. So this is... If you are curious why we're doing a Persona episode in October 2022, uh, it's it's because it's about to weirdly break, break through those boundaries for the first time. So for that reason, I was thinking that we could start just kind of explaining what Persona is on a top level and also like the weird thing of hey what's the difference between persona 5 royal or a persona 4 and persona 4 golden or all of these all these kind of idiosyncrasies that i think are unique to this series so i mean griffin you played most of these games yes uh i've i've played two through all of them uh i didn't play the first one because it's boring. I've tried. Yeah, not really uh, playable. This yeah, point. they they remade the first two, which was actually like a two part game. I want to say for like PSP or PS Vita, uh, and and so I played them a, a, a long time ago. But for me, and I think for like most folks who are fans of the the Persona series, and I guess Shin Megami Tensei at large, uh, Persona Three is where this series really kind of took off and found its footing. That is where. You sort of got into the of uh, the the main formula that remains through Persona. You are uh, a teen living a year somewhere, uh, usually away from home, 
and uh, you encounter some dark supernatural plot that you and your friends have to go into shadow worlds to try and thwart, and also you go on dates and have best friends, and um, yeah. And I believe that the supernatural plots all in all of these games are about basically the conspiracy of adulthood. That like adults, once you become an adult, you become just kind of a nefarious person. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. That's yep, not true. That's not that's true. Pers- that's Persona 5 is that. Persona 4 is kind of about like your inner demons. I, Persona I 4 is about sort of public perception as as the as the enemy. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's a, it is about it is more about the shadow self. Uh, if you, if you want to get like uh, into the the deep weird psychology of these games, the I would like to mention that for a second. So the idea of a persona um, was founded by Carl Jung. He's a uh, you know one of these uh, psychiatrists. Well, he's psychiatrist he, types. He said uh, he said <laughs> understatement it was, of the <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he he says the persona was a social face the individual presented to the world, a kind of mask designed mm. on the one hand to make a definite impression upon others and on the other to conceal the true nature of the individual. And what I really think is cool about the Persona franchise, um, it, there are these like small uh, keystones that are in every game, like this idea of, like the central idea of Personas and, uh, you know, the Blue Room and Igor and all those cats. But I think what's interesting is that the entire franchise is thematically connected by this question. Like it's always this, this question, this idea of the mask we show others is like always sort of central. And like all the, a lot of the games, like even mechanics, I think are sort of like interested in that duality of like the real self. And I think that that's part of why the social connections, which are such a big part of the franchise since three um, are, I think that's what makes them so interesting and foundational to it is because it is about like dropping that mask and like letting yourself like genuinely connect with other people, which is also tied back into uh, mechanics. So I think it's 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 something that like not a lot of franchises uh, have managed to pull off, especially not with the success that Persona has. But it also dips into like astrology and like kabbalah and like it, it like gets, all it, european it, folklore everything. i mean folklore actually not just european just all japanese folklore like yeah, everything yeah. all hitler, of it hitler checks in in persona too i mean come on yeah uh, <laughs> it's everything everything's it, in these games it does it all uh i adore these games i don't think there's anything quite like them and i think lots of people have tried i think lots of companies have tried to make games like persona and have uh come up so 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 completely short uh, and uh, I, I I just adore them. So we're talking about Persona Five Royal for the most part, which I believe we did an episode on a couple couple years back. Uh, but I would love to revisit it. How much of Five and then also Royal did you guys play? Uh, because I just played through Persona Five Royal all the way for the first time. I want to say at like the beginning of this year. Uh, on on I mean it was the PS4 version, but I played on PS5. I I played most of five vanilla, okay, and then then did not finish it for I think maybe that was I don't know what was happening in my life, but so, you know something comes up. Then Royal I was so excited for, and the same problem has happened now twice, which is I started Royal when it came out on PS5 or mm-hmm. PS4, and was like great I'm so excited, 
and then the first four hours of the game happen. Yeah. And the thing about these games, and this is true for like really all Persona games, is you have to get to the point where it becomes the daily grind slash Pokemon-ish. Nah, Pokemon's not quite the right comparison. But you, you get to this point where every day, either in the game, you have days, and you can use that time to grind in dungeons or like just hang out with friends and literally build your relationships or pursue kind of like whatever the main main dungeon or main mission uh at the moment is but to get there you have mountains of exposition and you have to kind of just learn the system what's new about this game all of that stuff and it eats a lot of time and four hours in the scheme of these games like can be over 100 hours not a big deal but damn if it isn't like a, a hump to get over i i just got through it on this this new playthrough so we could talk about it for this episode yeah and like i fell asleep twice uh while while trying to get through that chunk just because i know what it is already like i I wish that there was a skip button just for that for people who have played these games in the past because woof is it long um i i uh yeah i'll be honest at this point Uh, y'all i never finished one of these one of these guys uh i mean they're huge they're just they're very they're, big. they're huge. It doesn't bother me that much, honestly, because I I I really have to be in a specific place to even start one. It's it's weird how like I can definitely get into them, but it has to be the exact I think twice now it's been like beach vacation, you know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. I'm got something on a portable and I'm just like hiding from the sun all day long mm. while my family enjoys each other's company in the sand and surf. Uh, and those are, that's like the context it has to be. I like legitimately, it would be, especially where we're like, we have to play new stuff every week. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of wish there was like a, a, I don't know, a sabbatical, a, hurry, a hurried up version. Yeah. Well, yes. I'm taking a persona <laughs> sabbatical. Everyone make your own podcasts. Uh, it is, it is, uh, I, I'm actually really excited for this to come out on switch. And obviously since steam deck, I don't actually know if it is steam deck certified yes. that's what i've been playing it on steam deck and how is it it's awesome okay yeah because because yeah, totally. i got into this series with uh persona 4 golden was the first one i played i'd never i knew about the series i'd never played it and persona 4 golden when it came out on uh, uh vita uh i was like oh okay well a little handheld rpg don't mind if i do and i played it and it was one of my maybe top three favorite games ever uh, and then I played Persona 5 and 5 Royal, which I love, but it was uh, it's a much tougher proposition for me to sit in front of my, you know, TV for 120 hours or, you know, however long uh, it, it took to get through these games the first time than it is to, you know, have my Vita and pick it up and play it on the go. And it's kind of perfect for that. So I, I, I think this being on, on Switch is, uh, is a godsend. And I, I genuinely... I do think there are going to be a lot of people who play it for the first time now because of of that thing. And they are fortunate because Persona 5 Royal is a much better game than Persona 5 was. Uh, I, I, I really... I think we... Uh, that that game came out in 2017, which was kind of a weird year for games, I remember. Like, I remember our Game of the Year discussion. Uh, I, I had some sort of, like, lingering disappointment around a few of the big big-name titles that I was hoping for. That said, also, that was the year that, like, Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey came out, so it's not like there was a a lack of a dope shit coming out that year. But Persona 5 was kind of, like, uh, 
not very well translated, not very well sort of written. All of the characters, which are like sort of the big thing in these games, is the cast of characters is always so memorable and lovable. Uh, by by virtue of how it was sort of written and translated, like they were indistinguishable and not very likable. And Persona Five Royal adds a ton of like gameplay shit to the game that I think really spices it up and and makes the particularly like the dungeon exploring and combat way more fun. But I think the most important thing it did is added a bunch more cutscenes for all the characters. It added new characters. It added a whole nother like semester to the school year for you to explore. So that by the end of the game, like I loved these characters a whole lot more than I did uh, ever did in the original Persona Five. So like if you are confused about the difference between uh, like Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal or Persona 4 and Persona 4 Golden. Uh, the longer the title is, the better <laughs> the better the version is, is going to be. Persona 3 Portable, I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever even played that one. Uh, no, it's like the, the, the bummer is all of the quality of life improvements in these games has made it very hard to go back. I I, yeah. I mean I love Persona 4 Golden and even going back and playing that now yeah. I find a little bit challenging. Um and then 3 it just seems so intimidating to me. 3 is yeah, the 3 is definitely a more uh dry experience. What's interesting about Persona 3 Portable is that it was a pretty uh uh, the way that they had to adapt that for PSP, which is what it came out on from the PS2 version, uh, like a lot of stuff was different, right? Like it wasn't, uh, you know, in, in in the latter Persona games, like you're running around these, uh, you know, either Tokyo or Inaba or like any of these, you know, a Japanese rural town. Uh, and you are actually like, you know, running around and exploring and talking to people and making social links and all this stuff. In Persona 3 Portable, like the way that they adapted it for PSP, the way they had to kind of shrink it down is like oh, yeah. you are like picking shit from a menu for the most part. And it's like almost visual novel-esque, almost more visual novel-esque in the life sim part of it, which still yeah. worked. Uh, after I finished Persona 4 Golden, I went back and played Persona 3 Portable. And it's still, a, I mean, a great RPG, but these these games have improved over time. So I'm 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 fascinated by the fact that that is the one that they are porting over come come January, and they are not doing um you know the original Persona Three. I think FES. It has some sort of weird post postscript on it that I uh, I've never actually played that version of the game. I've only played Persona Three Portable, but that was an extremely long tangent. Um, no, I, I, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll give the, the, I guess, kind of mandatory, uh, but of all Persona games, the, uh, but is, it's not always great at representation to say the least. And like, it's yeah, depiction of LGBTQ is heartbreaking. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's, 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 it is such a warm yeah. and uh, like affirming game. And you get to love these characters and they form these... It's a game about forming these deep, meaningful friendships. And, when, and coming like, to terms with who you are. Who That's you are right. as a so person, Heartbreaking is right. the perfect word for it. Because it, of all games, it feels like it should be one that understands and is compassionate about this. And Persona 4 has a, a, a particularly clumsy sort of uh, storyline about a, a, one of the main characters who is a, a, a detective who 
presents as as male and then uh once you like dive into their story uh you you find out that they were you know assigned female at birth and it it like the game almost says something about that but in not saying yeah. something about that it like it, it it does a pretty great disservice to to that character in the story that they have and also like there's a character whose whole story is like what are you gay <laughs> uh, which is so like mind-bogglingly bad it's so yeah, it's so it's, it's dissonant so, like, with again the, the entire point of the concept of the game yeah yeah um, yeah yeah, I, 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 I think the other thing here, and this is a your mileage may vary getting to other topics. There are, again, this is about people's psyche, conversations about like self-harm uh, and some just really touchy issues of family. What I like about this game is I I am comfortable with where it's taking me. And I like that at least it's, trying to talk about things with good intentions i don't think it always succeeds and this this is separate from the lgbtq thing uh, that that's a whole separate pile but the way that it does dig into these character psyches and the way it does ask some really hard questions about like what is it like to be a teenager or as in persona 5 royale like how do people become adults like what yeah. what are what are the things that lead people in these directions and it doesn't always work but it's so wonderful to play a video game, especially a big budget video game like this, that is at least asking questions yeah. and like wanting to say something. Uh, I mean, it really hammers home how few games do that um, when you when you spend more and more time in this world. Um, but yeah, oh man, when it whiffs, it... It whips hard. It, it, it whips yeah. hard. There's there's a doctor character in Persona Five, uh, Royal. Justin, did you make it to the doctor? Uh, no. Uh, the, yeah, the doctor is effectively a pedophile <laughs> who oh, who wow. you wrote you can. Well, yeah, I don't know if you are romancing them, uh, but that's the language of the you video. And there's also a teacher character that there. Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> uh, in terms of like uh, it as a role playing game, I. Think it's one of the best out there, mechanically speaking. Like the yes. amount of stuff that you are able to do, both in the like life sim part of it, where you have like an endless array of activities to do, either to like flesh out your social links, which have you know countless gameplay ramifications, or you know uh, going to play darts to like improve your stats or collecting the different personas and yeah, mixing well, them together Griffin, and all that let, let, let's go deeper into that because i mentioned the pokemon comparison earlier and i know that's not quite right but as someone who plays a lot of pokemon and plays a lot of this can you kind of tell people how that the is it shadows is that what they're like i mean they have different they yeah, have yeah different yeah. sort of things in in uh in each one actually it's funny because uh shin megami tensei far outdates pokemon Shin Megami Tensei, mm. the original yes. one, came out on, I think, like, Super Famicom. And Persona in is a spinoff, effectively. The early 90s. Yeah, I mean, the, the game title, I, I don't actually know if they also, continue to do that. But even was, Shin Megami Tensei is a spinoff of, of, of the Megami Tensei. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, um, but, hey, I wanted to mention something mm -hmm. about Persona. Um, one of the things that I think is, is also interesting about the franchise, and, and one of the big things that I took away from it was, 
with the early uh, adaptations to the to North America, there was like really hard localization. I mean, it really like uh, extracting, um, you, you know, most uh, appearances of like Japanese culture that wouldn't be relatable to audiences. And then as the franchise goes forward, Atlas continues to keep more and more of the Japanese culture that was already in the game. Um, and mainly as like a way of, um, I think, sort of testing the waters and the audience itself, I think, is looking for more of that. Uh, mm. and, and I think for me, one of the big appeals was like feeling that sense of I'm getting, I mean, I know it's a video game, right? But like still getting a sense of like uh, 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 the culture in another place. Oh, yeah. You spend so much time there. Uh, I really love that aspect of it. I think it's cool that the, the, those two have sort of evolved uh, symbiotically, like the audience's demand and the and the additional uh, Japanese culture. It's fun. It's fun tourism. Like it's right up there with Yakuza in 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 my book of just like it's fun to tool around Tokyo and like go shop at uh, you know unlicensed super potato essentially and and buy games that make your your Pokemon stronger essentially. Uh, there's a lot of, I think, conceptual crossover there if you've played a Pokemon game. Um, but I, if you have not played one of these Persona games, I don't know that you are prepared for exactly how deep those those systems are. Because it is, it is, it is overwhelming, the options that you have to, you know, uh, team up with these demons that you battle and then uh, collect them and then breed them and then take skills from one and turn it into a skill card that you can then drop into another to create this, like, uh, you know, super powerful strategic powerhouse and then go into battle and look for elemental weaknesses to try and get the great thing though is the game actually teaches you this time versus all of the previous persona games where it's it's a little unclear to say the least um yeah no i i agree to go back to the the tourism thing oops i don't know if you've gotten to play as much persona 5 i know you played a fair amount of persona 4 but the like kind of hangout hub of this game is Shibuya, like at the crossing. And it's such a, it's not like a one-to-one recreation, but it just captures the feeling of hanging out there. I remember before the, this game originally came out in 2017, the original persona five, I had done a TGS right before that. And I got stuck uh, in the crossing area with this like huge rainstorm and went up and hung out in the kind of like overwalk area. And then months later, I play this game. And that is like where they meet to decide what they're doing for the day. And Mm -hmm. it is this exact place where like, I just like sat down and kind of like had lunch next to a window. And it was just so cool. Again, as somebody who doesn't live there to see like, wow, I, I remember the two hours that I spent here stuck on a rainy day. And now I'm just like seeing that in a video game. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so, uh, it, it's so, it's so in love with its locations. Yeah. Um, and, and you can just feel it. It, ma- it makes you want to hang out with I actually, I, I weirdly prefer Persona 4 because it takes place in, in a like rural Japanese yeah. town that is much, 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 much smaller, but at the same time, like is just dripping with character and mm-hmm. is, is, is so like you remember every single screen of of the world of that game because it is it is uh, a lot more sort of original and charming and and memorable. Yeah, so, and a place that you haven't gotten to go very often, right? Yeah, sure. Like, so, in video games and in real life. 
uh, especially con- uh, realizing that level of like detail and authenticity. Um, hey, before we uh, move on, I want to hit you guys with one last question. If someone has been listening to this conversation and they're they're loving it, they're into it, they want to get on board. What I was about to say, gun to your head. That's a, a, a little, little persona. Oh, well, that's actually persona, persona three yeah. is the one where you summon your demons by putting a an evoker to your head. Yeah, yeah. Challenging stuff. Challenging stuff. Uh, what, what, which one would you would you recommend people start with? Oh, I would honestly say Persona Five Royal. I think, yeah. I think getting that on on your on your Switch if you've never played it before. I thought it wasn't on Switch yet. Uh, next week. Uh, oh, okay, great. Or, or, or Steam Deck. If it, I, I think playing it on the go is the way to go because it's huge and is also like kind of structured in a way that makes it pretty easily digestible in small chunks. Um, but it also of- trains you to play the other ones. So I think like weirdly yeah. going in reverse order, you will have, on one hand, it's like, yeah, you're losing all those quality of life, but the other hand, you learn you learn how to play the game in the yeah. easiest spot, and then you can go back and play Persona 4 Golden, and I think you'll be, you'll have a blast. Yeah. Um, uh, we got we got a lot more uh, gaming to talk about. Um, if, if we have put Persona to rest. Griffin, do you have something you wanted to add about Persona? I don't think so. All right. Um, we will uh, be right back right after this. You go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much, then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution to save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages. Sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. 
And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, okay, so this this uh, topic got me thinking about uh, something, and I wanted to sort of put the uh, question, a few questions to you all about it. And that's quitting a game. When? Mm. When? Oh, love it. I I'm curious about this. I've had a lot of experience with this recently, um, and I've been thinking a lot about actively quitting a game versus just realizing you haven't played it in a while. And like, if you're someone who says, "I'm done with this," I'm actively going to quit it. Or in your head, do you have like a you know, thousands of, of hanging threads that, that you did not intentionally stop playing. Man. It, hmm. I don't know that I, I think it's rare that I ever like take a stand and say, yeah. I am now done playing this game because for, for, for one thing, like, and I know this is true for you guys too. Like once I had kids, uh, the, this conversation became way different because now my, my gaming time has, uh, eroded in such a way that, like, even the genres of games I used to play a lot of, I I no longer am really able to stick with. Um, Chris, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I only quit a game, like, actively make that choice when it's a game that is, like, really not good for me. Mm. Like, if it's like, you know what, I've been playing too much of this clicker game on on the phone, and I need to delete it. Like, yeah. this is not taking me in a good direction. Yes. I think, you know, we've been playing games long enough that when I bounce off a game and it's like, oh, I haven't played this for a while, I just take that as me self-consciously knowing that I'm not interested anymore. Um, yeah. I think we're unusual and that, you know, when I was a kid, especially if I bought a game, I mean, I, you know, I got one for my birthday or Christmas. It's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make the most of this, Right. We're now, you know, especially being in the press, you know, I get codes. If I'm not really enjoying something, the only cost that I really tend to worry about is time. That said, I think our audience is going to get increasingly like that too as Mm -hmm. subscription services become the norm and free-to-play becomes the norm. So I don't think, I think that we used to be somewhat detached or separated from the audience in that way, where I think that's less and less the problem. I I am a big fan of quitting games because I think there's plenty of precedent in things like TV series. Very few people watch a TV series to the end. Like, of of the audience, I mean, it's becoming a little more common as seasons just get shorter and whatnot. But, like, it used to be that if you watched a show on network TV, that show ran until there wasn't any audience left. Mm -hmm. And then it died. So, like, that just means that people are not watching it. Um, and I, I feel like with most video games, I, 
I can get what I need, uh, and it's usually, usually before the credits roll. Um, I have only quit games. I have um, definitely what Chris said there, there, especially with like idle games where I realize like I'm just poking at this. Like I, I need. I'm. These are my real life minutes. I can't. I'm not getting anything out of this. It's just a dopamine, you know, short circuit. Uh, but I have quit games in anger, for sure, uh, because I, I deleted Returnal <laughs> after like a very long run, and I was, I started yelling. This is how you feel. This is how you feel when this happens. This is how you feel. And while I was doing, <laughs> deleting the game, like I just reminded myself that like you don't like this, I'm going to make it harder for you to do this. To <laughs> uh, but I, there's a lot of games that like I didn't actively quit. Uh, it, it, do you have one in your head where you think, God, if I could just like retain all of my like bring back all of the knowledge that I had about it at the exact moment I stopped playing, I would love to like get back into it and see it to the end. One's like um, I think The Witcher th- uh, two and three are games like that for me where like I would like to see all of it and I just. I can't bring myself to play another, you know, 40 hours to get back up to speed. Uh, for for me, you know, it's funny for me for a long time, that was uh, Final Fantasy X because I it is one of the very few games in the series that is one of my favorite game series of all time. And it's for a lot of people like one of their favorite installments in it that I had tried maybe half a dozen times to 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 finish and i only just did that because on the pc version you can make it go a billion miles an hour uh which helps a lot um that that's that's the one that i i think of a lot uh usually big rpgs that i feel like i should play Mm -hmm. uh that then i play them and just uh especially now that my time is much more limited like i i do not i'm not able to 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 stick with it to the end yeah rpgs are that's where the tricky one for me there i i feel like games like xenoblade where i haven't played in a while now that just bums me out because i i want to play more right but i but i know okay i need to decide is this the only thing that i'm doing in my life am i like gonna cut out movies for a while and books am i gonna cut out everything else so i can actually see this to the end and that's a really hard bar for a game to to pass right where it's so good that it's like yeah sure i will i will cut out everything else to this and again that's not oh hey we play games here every week because i can play games other stuff and then yeah i'll just cut out all these other things that you know are, are part of my life that i enjoy and i think that's why you know, very rarely, <laughs> I, I can count it on my hands. Do I finish games that are you know over a hundred hours? Yeah. Um, just because it's a lot. I mean, it's yeah. just a lot. Um, I feel that way about the Persona games. I've gotten, I got a really long way into four, um, and then I don't know, maybe ten hours into five, and I just, I, I get distracted too easily. I wish, I wish that I, I could return to those and just sort of hop right back in where I was. Um. I really feel like if you can get over the the starting hump in Persona Five Royal, it is a much more uh, like kinetic yeah. like game experience than. Okay. Uh, might, it, you know what? I might give it a whirl. It's also broken up into chunks so well. Like it is a great before bed game because you can just get in 
a day worth of work, except for like if you're gonna go try to tackle the main dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a really quick burst of well, I don't know, good vibes is the right phrase, but vibes. Um, yeah. Uh, should I should I open the listener mailbag? Do it. Let me step back a little bit. Cool. Whoa, they smell wow. so good. <laughs> Do you oh, smell oh, your mail. So attractive. I just imagine every day you smelling the package as the UPS man hands it to you and then being like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Can you please stop? Please, <laughs> please stop smelling the boxes. <laughs> um, uh, first one from Jim. Can you give us a brief glimpse of who are some of your current maybes for the Gotti bracket? Not your Elden Rings, but more your Dark Horse contenders. Ooh. Uh, it, whenever I have a question like this, I instantly forget every single every game that's ever game come out. Yeah, I've ever played. Uh, I'll say Neon White. I fucking mm, love it. That's that's yeah. one I played, aced every single level over a breathless like week and a half long period. And since I finished it, like I I think about it a lot. And I think it's maybe because it's one of those like run based games that you like play in these really intense like 45 second long increments that it just kind of burrows into your brain and stays there um i'd say that i'd say rogue legacy 2 uh is is definitely up there for me uh if we're if we would count that uh definitely definitely up there citizen sleeper if we're talking about like dark horses did did we talk about perfect tides Yes. Did I tell you all about this? Yes. Yeah, the, the the adventure game that's like Pacific Northwest emo scene in the early 2000s. That game, what a joy. I mean, is it like micro-targeting just me? Yeah, yes, it absolutely. Is, unquestionably. Yes. Uh, but but it'll, I feel like it'll be up there. And then other, I don't know if this counts as a dark horse because I think it should obviously be there, but that Kirby game, Kirby, Kirby and the, the Forgotten, Forgotten Land. Land is, I, I, it's maybe the game I've played the most this year just because my son same. is obsessed with it. It's fantastic. It's so um, good. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff in here. I don't want to spoil tunic. it. Oh, yeah, Tunic. Tunic? I go back and play that. Isn't that last year? No, that was it. this year, man. No. Oh, my gosh. Hoops, you got any? Um, I think it, uh, I think Immortality w- was up there. Yeah. For me. I mean, that sure. was mm-hmm. a real... That was a, a really amazing thing. Um, I'm looking forward to the end of year episodes and, and talking with you more about that. I'm Oops. interested to hear like all the like critics because it's it, it is becoming so much harder to and this is a good thing to like there's there's not just the five games that yeah. everybody it's not just like well it's this year's Assassin's Creed it's this it, like it has yeah the landscape has changed so dramatically that like you know you're gonna see people talk about stuff that you've never even heard of before when they talk about like their favorite games of the year. I also yeah. gotta say, I'm having a pretty good time with uh, Grounded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Grounded is pretty fun. Griff, you great. gotta come back, visit. I've just got stairs built out to the upper yard, just knocked over Ooh. a shovel so we can climb on the picnic table and kill oh, some let's bees. Get up there. Y'all. I wanna fuck up some bees for I set real. up a Frankenstein base, Griffin, next to the Franken line. <laughs> I made a little little cottage there near this the season. I like that. Um, did did we talk about Sniper Elite Five on a Besties or a Resties? Did did either of you play that game? I've never heard of it. You told me to Y'all. play Sniper Elite Five, oh and gosh. I still can't get there. Y'all, bud. you need. Come on, I know that. I know that you all like Dishonored. 
Yeah. Like you got it. You got to try you just your magic one powers level. <laughs> oh my gosh! It, it, that that is the one that I is, I can't believe it's on my list, and yet here it is. Um, uh, uh, okay. Knowing me, I would end up playing the wrong one. <laughs> like, I don't know, Chris. <laughs> I, I shot people for for twenty hours and felt nothing. <laughs> Justin, that was Doom Two on your calculator. <laughs> that was Doom Two on your laser printer. <laughs> Um, this one is from Standing Some Deaths. Uh, when reviewing a game, how much do you consider content that was originally planned but did not make it into the final product? Does its absence factor into your overall impression or do you just review or score the games on what is actually delivered? I can give like the polygon line on this, which Please. is just what's on the game. Yeah. The, the people who make the game are not the marketing department, well, except for like rare indie cases. And you just have to trust what's on the game because marketing departments have totally different goals and totally different measurements of whether or not they're doing their jobs than than the game creators do. I think you look at an example like No Man's Sky, and I think that's where it got really kind of messy because it was a small team. And I think people felt like, hey, these are the people who are making the game and they're telling me that I'm going to get this. But that said... Has anybody responded to uh, that kind of air better than Hello Games? No, nah, I, I don't think so. They, I mean, they do incredible work still, and we're six years in or whatever. Um, but do y'all, I mean, do you have any other thoughts about that? I consume at this point, like, almost, I, I do do gaming reviews still, uh, but I consume almost no marketing. I mean, for for anything. Uh, uh, I am I stay pretty in the dark about stuff. I like going in. I don't even do like betas or demos or anything. So I, I really, I have no choice but to judge it on like what what is there, um, which uh, is, a, is a lot different from when I was a lot more plugged in and like paying attention to the entire industry uh, yeah. every day. Um, it, it's Halloween season, so we have a returning question. Uh, this one's from Basil. Uh, what games do you uh, recommend to get in the mood for spooky season? Also, I'm sorry if it's Basil or Basil. I, I don't know. But spooky season, I'm going to I'm gonna adjust this question because I feel like last week we talked about kind of like f- almost scary family games. Scary games that aren't scary. Yeah. 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 And I think like let's go the opposite direction here. Like what's a Terror, mega scary game that you scary recommend? Games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so not scared. So oh. it's like oh. I'm, ne- I'm not scared of like basically anything. Um, yeah, you're a big shot. I uh, I find uh, honestly, if, if I'm being honest about it, I I the uh, um, FMV games are the only uh, only ones where I feel like I have consistently been like scared uh, scared of them because there's something about the the experience of someone looking at you. And it being like an actual, it's why it doesn't happen a lot in, in cinema, right? <laughs> Barreling the camera to achieve an effect. It's unsettling. It doesn't feel good. Uh, d- despite like what, what love joy and uh, those parts would say by the bell when time would freeze. Um, I find those very, very scary. The one, oh God, I can never, the name is terrible. Um, the one in the hotel uh it's like bumped we in the just n- talked about it I think like we just talked about ago, it yeah. um at dead of night at dead of night mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. the scariest thing i have played like it is it is genuinely super unsettling yeah um my definitive answer i i i scary games typically don't leave like a huge uh like impression on me right like a, a jump especially like jump scare games like uh 
you know, uh, Soma or, or the uh, what's the one that takes place in like a you know an asylum? Amnesia. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, stuff stuff like that, right? Where big scary thing is chasing you to kill you. Five Nights at Freddy's, another like you know what I mean? It's it's this is a scary game. It's all about scary atmosphere, and then something jumps out and fucking kills you. That's mm-hmm. that's that's scary in small chunks, right? But is it like? Do I feel a sustained, meaningful sort of like anxiety while I play it? No. But in the Souls games, I do because I don't want to lose my shit. And so for me, Bloodborne is like with a, no pun intended, with a bullet, like this, the a, a game with jump scares in it, scary atmosphere, scary vibes all around, and also like the structure of that game and the risk reward system of that game and all the souls games are like are just are just scary like they are all built around this one sort of uh conceit that i think works really 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 well um yeah outside of that dead space and dead space 2 yeah i i mean pt is like the go-to answer here to the point where it's like i feel like almost cliche at this point um but if we're talking in settling do y'all remember infinite paper clips yeah yeah that that clicker that's a game that i it's not scary as you're playing it it universal paper clips oh yeah sorry universal paper clips thank you um but it's like after you play it you just feel upset like it's unsettling to think about what it is telling you about the universe and like the plot here is that there is an artificial intelligence that you effectively are playing as that has one goal which is to make paper clips efficiently and be the best at it and in pursuit of that goal it effectively destroys all of reality um and it does it exponentially so at first it's like oh you're just doing this you know get the best deal at walmart and then by the end you are you know sending death bots out to the farthest corners of the universe (laughs) to mine it for whatever is left of matter um, and that is, yeah, that's, that's terrifying because that is what I always figure the like AI apocalypse will be. Yeah. It won't be like Terminator. It'll be, we told the, you know, the refrigerator to be the best possible cooling device. And in pursuit of doing that, it's going to like cause, you know, a mass extinction. That's easy to fix. So you just tell them not to do that. Don't do that, please. Why don't oh, that's true. That? Just tell them not to. And no, don't make them so good that they can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not that hard. That's true. You when put, you put it that way, put it's it in so the programming easy. that they don't do bad things S- to people. Special shout out to uh, the uh, early two thousands adventure game series in memoriam, uh, which was released in the U.S. as missing since January. And then hell yes, ev- evidence. I believe was the name. evidence. The last ritual was the sequel. Those, yeah. Those were God. fucking wild. Those I were would like do anything to a, play a new one of those. I know. They were an ARG style adventure. Chris, do you know they wait, do you, Chris Plant, do you know these? I don't think so. Holy shit. You're you're I I you was about to say you're in for a treat. I don't anymore. even know if it works anymore, right? Oh you, no. You play a not you play. You are like an investigator looking for a missing journalist who was investigating these murders and you receive a CD-ROM that has like all the evidence on it. And like the CD-ROM has like communiques from this like agency that is 
helping you figure out these murders and this disappearance. And then also the murderer starts sending you messages like to your email account, like to your actual email. That's like, Mm. hey, what's up? You'll never fucking catch me. Calls you on your fucking telephone. I don't know about that. That feels... But, like, and, but a lot of the... Um, and, and several games have done this. There was uh, one that the name escapes me, but like uh, inserting, like creating large, like a lot of web presence with like embedded answers to things. Like a lot of websites you could find that would like, you know, get, provide the clues. They build a huge web presence for it for you to search. That is the part that I don't actually know. I don't know if that shit works anymore. Uh, There's two, there's two of them. They're so, God, those are the first time you get an email though, from the, from the Phoenix. What's the name of the killer? That's like, yep. hey, what's, I bet I could search my email address right now, my history for <laughs> many my skin crawl off my fingers. Yeah, oh. it's terrifying. Um, um, uh, just one more very quick question: What's your favorite snack or beverage to have while gaming? That's some Easter egg gamer. Man, I don't really just I don't really snack that much anymore. I, um, like a ginger uh, seltzer. Like I'm very into ginger seltzer. Uh, sorry, I found, yeah, back in 2004 is when I first played these in memoriam games. And I, I've got some great emails from the, from the, the team, from my crew. (laughs) Jack and Karen are, we found them. I'm watching. Anyway, uh, grapes. Grapes are like my go-to. Oh, yeah. I'm just chomping on something these days. It's, it's, it's usually, it's going to be grapes. Um, not it's, for any, not for any kind of like diet reasons because I don't really yeah. fuck with that. But I don't. I usually uh, if I like eat a bunch of chips or candy or whatever, like I don't feel particularly great because uh, I'm an old man. But grapes they make me strong. Grapes are such a good chip replacement. Yeah, like if, I feel like if I have grapes in the fridge, I'll always choose grapes. Always gotta go for grapes. Mm. Um, Hoops, you got you got anything? You know, uh, I I love popcorn. Popcorn's so good too. I worked on my popcorn recipe over many, many weeks, and then uh, I now have perfected it to a point where my wife demands it uh, every single night. If you have thirty seconds, I'll tell you how to make the greatest popcorn in the world. We're listening. <laughs> Get a big pan. Uh-huh. You dump in three tablespoons of oil. I like coconut. You heat it up on hot. You throw in three kernels of popcorn. When those pop, you take them out and you take the pot off the heat. You dump in half cup popcorn, get the good stuff. Dip it, <laughs> dump in a teaspoon of Flavicol. That's popcorn salt, baby. And then you put in the secret ingredient. That's one fourth teaspoon of MSG, the king of flavor himself. Ooh. Then you put the whole thing, you give it the whole thing a good swirl, put it back on the stove, put the lid on, you know, swirl it a little bit till the popping stops. And you got popcorn, baby. You can put it on some. I like some non-caloric popcorn spray that they got. I don't like it because it's not caloric. I like it because it's easy to spray the popcorn flavor out of the bottle. <laughs> I use that spray, but you can make yourself some ghee. Uh, real easy and pour that on there. Some clarified butter. Yummy, yummy, yummy. But that basic recipe, you can't go wrong. You'll love it. That sounds good. It's really good. I made myself hungry with it. Yeah. But I know oh. I'll be eating it tonight because I do every single night. <laughs> That's marriage. <laughs> That's how it works, folks. You just make the popcorn. Uh, any anything else y'all been playing? Uh, I wanted to say that after he talked about it last week, I got uh, Binding of Isaac 
working in the extremely specific way that Russ mentioned uh, and have have dived back into it. If you didn't listen last week, Russ uh, mentioned a workshop mod for Binding of Isaac uh, Repentance. I mean, all the Binding of Isaac games and DLC uh, called External Item Descriptions, which if you haven't played those games, there's hundreds of items in it that all are sort of important for you to know what they do so that you can play in your you know, your your runs around them, but the game doesn't really tell you a lot of shit about the things that you pick up. So this mod, basically, like, anytime you walk close to an item, it had, has a little pop-up that's, like, increase, increases tier shot speed by 0. 0.7. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. If you... I played it all on Switch, and so to play it on PC, I had to first buy Binding of Isaac... And then Afterbirth and Afterbirth Plus, but not Repentance, because there's a save editor like software you can use that goes up to Afterbirth Plus. And so I sort of went through my Switch like log and rebuilt my save up to Repentance, and then I downloaded Repentance so it would work. And now I'm sort of digging my way back in, into that again. But if I haven't played it on Steam, can I just like get get it? Uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, if you haven't played it at all, you should just you should just. I've get played it. on Switch. How much? I don't know. Some. Okay. I mean, if you haven't played like a ton, I would not go through all the hassle that I went. But I'd put like over a hundred hours into the Switch version and much. didn't want to lose that shit again. But uh, yeah, that if game. I had that kind of time, I'd play Persona. <laughs> that game's great. It's a great game. That's actually one that we talked about quitting games that like I can fall off of Binding of Isaac for a year and pick it back up, and it's still. Great. It's still Slave, really fun. Slave Especially with this mod that, that always hits. helps out. Um I uh I downloaded um survivor.io. Yeah. Which, which is really interesting. I I, I Have you played I any of those do... like Archiro, like the, the the games by that company? It, no. No, it is Vampire Survivors yeah. on, on iPhone. Like, it is Vampire Survivors with a lot, 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 lot more monetization. But, like, I don't mean that as, like, it's the same concept. As, like, I mean, like, almost every weapon maps one-to-one to a Vampire Survivors <laughs> weapon. I mean, it is it is indistinguishable in many ways. I don't know. I've seen bo- people say that both have come first. I believe Survivor.io came first. Um, I wish wish I had more clarity on that, but I will say it's very good. Um, a lot of fun weapons and evolutions and all that that cool stuff and customization, and th- it also includes like uh, upgradable gear and things like that. A lot of monetization, I will say, like a lot of different currencies and and mm. you know ways to get stuff and what have you. But um, uh, it's cool. It's it's a cool thing. It also has uh, some fun like challenges where they'll add after you beat a stage you can add like modifiers to it and i know that vampire survivors has like hyper and uh when they increase the speed when they increase the difficulty i think um but this has like uh, a lot more variability like it'll spawn two bosses at a time or your vision you won't be able to see as far as you as you normally would um stuff like that uh you can do like challenge stages and things like that but it's it's a really good vampire survivors type thing on ios that, that company that makes great. a lot of games that are sort of very RPG hook like. They their, their biggest one was called Archiro. They had one that was like a block breakout RPG type game mm-hmm. that I can't remember the name of right now. That I got very very into when when that one first dropped. Uh, I'll see if I can find the name of it. Oh, uh, Punball is the name of it. 
Uh, that's, that's, that's another one by that company. But yeah, they make, they make really solid stuff if you like sort of bite-sized mobile games. Uh, my thing, I am still making my way through the Criterion Channel's 80s horror collection for the month. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it just rules. I cannot recommend it enough for everybody. Uh, there was a movie that uh, a listener named Joshua recommended called The Hidden, which is basically uh, Kyle MacLachlan from Twin Peaks. Um, it's it's kind of him doing the Twin Peaks character before he did Twin Peaks, and it what is movie? wild. The Hidden. The Hidden. Okay. He's a detective, and he's chasing uh, a alien being that inhabits random people and uh all it wants to do is drive fast cars kill and have sex and do drugs and it's like an alien embodiment of the 80s ethos that just infects people Hmm. and all the other detectives are like no this is just like a string of random coincidental murders from people who had never previously committed crimes and our guy kyle's like no it's it's an alien that likes to be, get barfed out of one mouth into another mouth. It it's a delight. It's a real delight. Um, I uh, I one other thing that I want to say because we were talking about tis the season, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to very quickly mention uh, a movie I watched on I think uh, Shutter yeah, Apple TV. No, it was about to say Shutter because oh. I watch most things on Shutter. It's called Gatlop, G A T L O P P. Have you heard of this plant? I don't think it's so. about a uh, a group of like reunited friends, people who are really close in college, and they get back together. Uh, one of them just happens to be in town, and they uh, pull out a board game um, called Gatlop that oh. finds in a in a old credenza that they just inherited or, or bought from a pawn shop. And yeah. the game um, basically it, it becomes clear that the game is like sentient and is asking. Uh, the, the, like a lot of the trivia questions become very personal about like their, their lives and fears and stuff. And if they lie, they start lying, they start getting punished, like uh, getting shot by an arrow out of nowhere or getting banished to hell or whatever for a while. And they have to start like, uh, basically it becomes this thing where they're trying to, um, face like their own sort of personal demons, uh, like through this board game by playing along and like reconnecting his friends and it, it's funny and scary it's very light but it uh i i dug it so that sounds great i would yeah, definitely cool. check that out. I, I i had heard about this i, I think tasha on polygon had, had mentioned it and compared it it's not jumanji it's like quite, an adult jumanji but, yeah if, like instead of instead of animals it's like your own personal demons coming coming to life <laughs> really upsetting uh hey and very persona uh related right there um i think we did it stuff we talked about i'm gonna watch the hell out of the spirit halloween movie i don't care i'm gonna watch the hell out of that thing as you should don't try to stop me chris why would anybody shame you for making great choices not me 55 (laughs) percent hey that means uh, 55% positive. That's a, more than a half glass full. You know? I'm going to watch this movie. My kids are going to watch it too. This week, we talked about the Persona games. That's the recap. We talked about all of them. Three, four, and five are coming to Switch. Five uh, very soon. I, I think also maybe Game Pass. Is that right? I think that's right. I think coming soon. Maybe I'm wrong here. 
Oh, uh, yeah, Persona 5, Game Pass. Fucking wild. Um, uh, so, dang, you really should give this game a try, everybody. Um, and, yeah, and then we talked about just other stuff, like Survivor.io. We talked about Binding of Isaac again. We talked about The Hidden on Criterion Channel. And that's it. That's an episode. We did it. Ne- next week, we're talking about Spirit Halloween, the movie. Everybody, <laughs> gotta watch it. Next week, the- I'm just trying uh-huh. to fi- think of something that would irritate Russ. Next week, 3,000 Years of Longing, we're just going to talk about it. I think you'd like that movie. I would love to see. I need an excuse to watch it, plant. That's what I'm trying to do. You do here. it. I would be happy to talk about it. I like George. Love George <laughs> Miller. I've seen all his flicks. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, thank you so much for, well, we don't know what we're doing next week. It's tough out there. <laughs> next week uh, we'll talk about something great and you know why it'll be great it's because you'll be there with us the besties so be sure to join us again next week for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games <laughs> <laughs>